Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? Good. Welcome to Flow Space. I'm Deandra. I'm Jerrica. Razzy. Nice to meet you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in astrology and any of the services that you provide? Yeah, for sure. So my name's Razzy. I am a soul coach as well as a astrology reader and tarot reader. Um, So a lot of what I do is combining the taboo arts with therapy and putting that together to guide people, spiritually guide people in their everyday lives. Um, And the best way you can find me is my Instagram, which is n.razzy. Also, thecrystalmessenger.com. That's where all my booking is. Um, I'm also available through a few other platforms, but you can find it all straight through my Instagram. All right, perfect. And we'll have all that information in our um, show notes as well. So for the soul coach, is that something that gets combined with um, your reading services or what does that entail really? Yes. So it is my reading service, right? Um, Basically, though, I have packages right now that are like for a year um, or I can also shorten it too, depending on like to fit the person's needs. Um, But I, I combine everything that I do and it's very tailored to the individual. So it depends on the person, whether it's more astrology based or tarot based, but it's definitely all guidance, just really made for that individual person. Right. And can you elaborate a little bit on how um, using like somebody's birth chart can be beneficial to somebody on their journey? Yeah. So like some of the some of them, well, my favorite psychologist, because psychology is something that I was initially attracted to way before I got into astrology. Um, And we have like Carl Jung, for example, he used to use astrology and natal charts in his actual work, but it isn't talked about a lot. Right. So you actually have to go digging for that, because, of course, that was something that in the institution, just like, you know, in other science institutions, they try to downplay spirit or try to downplay like like the workings of the universe. So when you're actually looking at astrology, instead of spending those hours and hours and hours talking to someone for to get to these conclusions, you can literally look at a chart, look at a system and pinpoint these things like right away. So it, you know, in one way eliminates a lot of the money that people can make in therapy uh, because they need to continue to see you for so long, but it really fast tracks growth. So it it goes hand in hand with understanding the workings of your mind. Um, and that's 100% like really my focus with it too, which some people like to look at like what's happening in the government, what's happening in the world. And you can do that as well. But the way I look at it is it is super helpful to understand yourself, understand your purpose, where you're going, where you've come from, what your challenges are, what your gifts are, and then really focus in on trying to make those better without having to spend like a year in therapy and then hitting those walls and blockages of not, you know, because you might not know yourself that in tune. 
like you can when you just look at a chart. Mm-hmm. And wow. how is it possible that something like an astrology chart can be so accurate? Right. So, and it's interesting, right? Because there's all these different types of, of charts. There is Western astrology, there's Vedic astrology. So in your Vedic, for example, I'm a Libra, but in Vedic, I'm a Virgo. But when you look at these charts, even if I look at the Vedic astrology point of view, it still is on point, right? Because it's the it's the math, like everything is math. And we do know that, right? We know everything is calculations in the world. And one thing that I like to tell people, too, is, you know, because I know there's a lot of skeptics when it comes to astrology, when it comes to the planets and whether they actually affect us or not. But I always tell people, like, imagine you're sitting in your house or your apartment or whatever, your room by yourself. And let's say somebody walks in, right? What you were doing before that person walks in is totally different than what you're going to be doing when that person walks in the room. And then let's say three more people walk in the room. So now there's a different conversation going. So although the the planets aren't speaking in our language. Everything does have a frequency and we do understand that. So when these planets shift in the sky, their frequency is so much stronger than like our personal one because they're so much bigger, larger bodies. So when they interact with each other like that, they do affect each other. So, you know, just like if you are like one planet can be isolated and in the sky really, really far away from a lot of other things for a while. It's going to interact different than if it's sitting right next to another planet. If Venus and Saturn are together, if Venus and Mercury are together. And because they have their own frequencies, just like we do as people, it's it's the same, you know, individual aspects that start to interact and and change ourselves and what we're what's going on on earth and what's going on with us so there really is a subtle energetic interaction going on and it's so subtle sometimes that we don't really realize it but if the sun blew up we would obviously get affected we would just die (laughs) you know it's like how can we say that the planets don't don't affect us in some sort of way um it's just how we interpret it is where I guess people get a little, well, you know, they, it looks or seems a little woo woo in that aspect, right? Yeah. Cause it's such a grand concept. It's really fascinating. But I like the fact that the way you explained it, it really is like a, a grounding way. It's a way to ground down these maybe larger than life concepts in regards to how, Um, like what's going on in our life can be mirrored and reflected and explained through what's going on above us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really fascinating, like the connection with that. So how did, what was the beginning of your journey um, into astrology? Right. So for years, I only knew about horoscopes. I also have not grown up with anyone that was deeply in the spiritual world. So I had no spiritual teachers. As much as I always had a very curious and like seeking nature about myself though, I always wanted to learn about myself. Um, Like uh, like I was saying before, which is like my draw or my pull to psychology and helping others came from like a really young age where I would spend hours on the phone with someone and then they would tell me something like, oh, you're a great listener. And it never clicked. And I was like really young when it was like, what do you mean I'm, I'm a great listener? What other people aren't like a great listener. So that kind of 
threw me into eventually in high school when The Secret came out, that book by Rhonda Burns, and then they made the movie. I watched it and it gave me a like awakening sort of experience with just giving me a, a framework of like, how can I talk about energy? Because I was always talking about it. I would always say things like everything happens for a reason, but I didn't. That's all I would say. I didn't have anything else to back it up. So when I saw that, it gave me a whole new world to like dive into. Then eventually, because that was earlier when I was like, I would say 16. So then eventually when I was 25 or something around that, that's like five years ago, is when the natal chart came to me, right? Like the whole download of the fact that we're not just a sun sign. Once I I found that out, I was like, oh, so there's more to this. Because at first it was like, okay, you're a Libra, you're an Aries, you're a Taurus, whatever. You know, that's cool. Like I resonated a little, but when I actually looked at my chart, it was like, and I started to investigate, it made so much sense to me why I felt like isolated as a child, why I was like separate and like a black sheep in my family. And I didn't have answers for those things before. So when I did get those answers, I didn't feel so alone. So it was like, okay, now I can die further. And then what really, really pulled me in to be like, all right, this is it. Like, this is not going anywhere is the relationship that I was in at the time. Now, I just just learned the basics, like the super basics of the 12 signs, the archetypes. And for some reason, and, and the planets as well. And so I, I never looked at my boyfriend's chart. Like I didn't even have his time or birth. So but I just kind of sat down and I was like, yeah, OK. He has to be a this, 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 and that, sun, Mercury, rising, Venus, Mars. And I never even asked him for his chart. I was sitting with his mom one day, and she was, like, going through a bunch of old things, um, and his his birth certificate came up, right? So I, like, scanned the birth certificate, logged the information in my brain. I was like, okay, well, it came to me, so. <laughs> so I looked it up, and I was dead on and when I was when I saw like I was dead on with every planet and every placement I was like a little freaked out but I was like all right this like there's something here (laughs) there has to be something there so after that it was that was it I went on my like binge of different teachers online um played paid for classes the whole nine yards and started really really deep diving into it and then you know like reading all my friends charts and then now I'm here. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, the signs. Like you, you, you said yes to the signs. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, definitely. And then it's it's interesting too because even in my chart shows me that interest towards these things, right? So, you know, when they say like you're called for certain things, you really are. Um, not everybody is going to like astrology. Not everyone's going to care. And not everybody needs it. So that's the other thing. Like, not everybody needs to investigate further. I believe it would be great if we taught kids when they hit puberty. Because I think before puberty, it's a little too early for them to, like, really... They don't, they're so connected to source already and they're natural who they are that they don't need to investigate further. But when you hit puberty, that's when things start to get a little confusing in life. Um, and at that age, it would be great to show someone, hey, this is your north node. This is what you're good at. You're good at the arts. You know, you have a natural ability to to get on stage and talk in front of people or you're an introvert 
And we can see that because of, you know, your moon sign, your sun sign. You don't like to talk. That's okay. You, your brain, you, you like science. So when you start to like kind of teach it from that standpoint, at least that's what something that future wise I would love to do. Once again, it cuts so much of the confusion, even in the dating world with things, people that you're compatible to trying to navigate that at a young age. And I think a lot of kids in particular struggle with that for, for too long <laughs> or get into bad scenarios and then have to learn themselves, which guaranteed we're still going to go through what we think we want and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. But just at least having a seeing it, downloading that at a young age, even if you're not interested further, which is okay, you have it in the back of your mind. You can always go back. You know, I, I feel like at least in the image that I have of the world, that would make things a lot better. <laughs> yeah, because it helps somebody really like understand certain things about themselves. Um, I had one astrology read of a uh, chart for the first time recently, actually. Right. And it was so cool how things I knew about myself, maybe that I didn't address or just that would like come and go in my mind. Or it would really help me realize and analyze why I react the way I do in certain situations, why I'm cold to certain things. So it's so fascinating. And the person who did um, my chart reading, I have an uncle who's in his 50s. He was um, curious about it. So he had the same reading. And he's such a skeptic. Manny. (laughs) He um, he's very... uh, science-based like mathematical so I think that's what helped him Mm. kind of connect things but it gave him such a perspective and answered questions that he had within himself yeah and to hear his reaction of it because I thought he was gonna have it and have like a lot to say but he was speechless he was like there's no way that that girl knew all these things about me all my characteristics and had like reasoning and things he was interested in things that he should kind of um like shy away from yeah Yeah. so it's so cool like I think if anybody's ever skeptical about it you just have to try it because the proof is right there in front of you yeah and I love that what you said about it being such a tool that could be utilized to really progress and move us forward it's really um, like combining all the things that we know about this existence and utilizing it to our benefit Mm -hmm. I mean it's there for a reason you know Right. The math component, I really like just because of that aspect that it helps um, people who maybe have a more scientific approach or understanding of the world really conceptualize it in a way that kind of bridges the gap of like, oh, they're woo woo and all the way on the other side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, it brings like that unity forward in a way. And that's I feel like science and spirit go hand in hand anyways. Agreed. It's amazing. And um, when you look at a, a chart for the first time, can you explain like what the chart looks like for somebody who might not know what the chart is, like an astrology, your birth chart? Yeah. So on the topic of math, right, it's basically geometry. So like I was horrible at algebra. I was just bad at math in general. I'm an English kid. But geometry, for some reason, I understood. I just like kind of got it. And then when I looked at a chart, which is really like this circle, it's split up into it looks like a pizza and it has like 12 different slices, which are the houses. 
And then in those slices, you'll see like, it's complicated when you first look at it because it's like, what's going on there? You see a bunch of lines together, but those lines are really the conversation from the little planets that are in the pizza pie slices. So you'll see these little sigils for different, that represents different planets. And then you'll see how they interact, whether they square each other, whether they try on each other, um, you know, and so many other different aspects that could be made. So that's kind of the basis of what it looks like. But of course, like we're in a day and age, thankfully, that you can get things like CoStar, even though it's not my favorite, you can go on um, cafeastrology.com and you can get it printed out in a way where you don't have to really look at the chart. You get to see like, oh, my sun sign is here. It's a little bit easier to understand, too, if you don't like the geometry aspect of looking at that because it's too confusing or you don't know the sigils, for example. Um, and so there's so many different ways to look at it and kind of download, you know, what is actually going on there. But in in short, it looks like a pizza for sure. <laughs> and does the chart, so the chart remains the same, like the 12 houses you're saying and the planet, um, I'm assuming like they're proportion to each other kind of like where they're at stays the same but daily is there some kind of rotation that's happening that changes like depending on what day you were born and the time yes so the time of the day is going to change which sign your chart starts with so every hour is a different rising sign so when we talk about the rising sign which you know either aries through pisces right your, which starts the chart, and then each house is the sign after. So let's say your chart starts with Aries, then it'll move from Aries to Taurus to Gemini to Cancer. But if you are born more towards the end of the day, it'll be in Libra or Sagittarius or Capricorn, and then it'll start from that. And it goes in order, so it's, everything is in order. The planets, where they're at when you look at your natal chart, it's the day you were born. That's exactly where everything was when you were born. But we do have something called a progress chart, which I, I love progressions, um, because every single day after the day you, you were born, obviously, everything is continuously moving. So, you know, every few days, the moon sign changes. Every, every year, your your sun sign at whatever degree it is will move one degree forward. So eventually, like I was born a Libra sun at 27 degrees and there's 29 degrees in the sign. So by the time I was like five, six years old, my sun sign already progressed into Scorpio. So now this is where things get interesting, even for like parents looking at their kids, because you can see when you're when you yourself are going through like a mood switch. So you can read your astrology and go, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But if you look at your progressed energy, you're going to see, oh, I'm learning Scorpio lessons right now. So it does move. And that's why the transits right now are also super important, because if you know, like I'm a Libra sun right now, Pluto is in Capricorn. Capricorn is a cardinal sign, just like Libra is, which means that energy is going to square each other. So it's going to give me a challenge in who I am, in the way that I express, just sun sign energy, right? Um, and 
knowing that Pluto right now is in Capricorn is going to show us like what's happening in the world, what's happening with other people. And like, so today, if someone was born right now in this moment, we can look at the chart for today. This is going to be their energy. But yeah, our energy does progress. So it's super fascinating because there's so many layers and literally you could never stop learning astrology. There's just, it goes on infinitely, of course, like, like space does, right? So there's always just something more. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's really levels to it all. It's crazy. For real. <laughs> yeah, because I had no idea about the chart, the second chart you the mentioned, progression. the progression. Yeah. yeah. That takes things to a whole other level. Yeah. <laughs> it, does, it does. So does that shift what your sun sign is like um like all the time? Like as it moves into another as the degrees move forward into another sign, is that now what's predominantly presented as like um your sun sign and how you navigate? So your sun sign, the one what you're born with, because that's your imprint, your blueprint in this world, that's gonna be you, right? So I am a Libra, 27 degrees, but I am experiencing what it is like to live like a Scorpio right now. So um, it, the lessons in my life and the theme overall is more predominant. Like I want to be at home more. I want to be more introverted than my natural Libra self. And it's been like that for a long time because I've been that progressed Scorpio for a long time. And when you're looking at the sun progressions, it'll in your lifetime only progress about maybe two more signs because it's there's remember 29 degrees in each sign so that's literally 29 years right mm -hmm. so we'll be there you'll be experiencing certain lessons and that's just to show us like how much we grow right so you you are still gonna be your sun sign like that's who you are like I'm, I'm never gonna not be a Libra because I can still see how that plays out in my life but I can see how I need to learn certain aspects of Scorpio in order to become a better person, right? I need to continue. And then after Scorpio, it'll be Sagittarius. Then I need to learn those traits to now progress myself and get more out of my life again. If I stayed as a Libra, then it would be like, you know, we, we are, well, there just would be no growth to us at all. It would just be, this is who we are. Nothing changes, but everything does change. And we kind of even see that with astrology, even though it is such a like a orderly, um, it's it's in the middle of chaos, but it's, there's still an order to it. We understand that the only constant in life is truly change. So things just continue to go and you got to kind of like go, go with it. Mm -hmm. And with how you were saying, like um, you being the Libra sun sign, but um, experiencing like the Scorpio lessons, are is astrology a... Um, are we able to use astrology to kind of know what's coming our way and then prepare that way? Yes. So you can, you know, because I can like fast forward. I know that in later this year, what the planets are going to be happening around my birthday. Like I know what I might be going through. One of the apps that are great, great for that is the pattern. So if you have the pattern app and you look at the timing, although they, they're not telling you what astrology they're looking at, I actually think that's great because when we get caught up, even as an astrologer, we can get super caught up in, oh my God, Pluto is going to be in my moon. Pluto represents rebirths and deaths what does that mean am I gonna die like am, what am I gonna go through is um are we gonna break up am I gonna get divorced like all these kind of crazy things could definitely come to your mind when in reality 
that might not be the case, you know. So you can you definitely can see what is what kind of things you're going to encounter, when things are going to get a little harder, when you're going to have to change, shift, move, all those types of energies. But that's why I really like the pattern app because they'll show you in the timing uh, it'll be like release in advance. You're going to go through a period of releasing and advancing between this time and this time. And they'll, it'll kind of break that down for you more um, philosophically, right? More metaphorically. And you can kind of get the gist of like, okay, because now you can understand how to apply that to anything that's happening in your life um, versus trying to really sit down and predict like, am I going to go, th- like, am, is my house going to get robbed or, you know, something crazy like that where you're fixated, fixated on it. But yes, you can. And some astrologers are like, so, so good at telling you exactly what's about to happen. I've even like told some people like, hey, like, um, especially my long term clients, because when I get to know someone over a long period of time, I'm also working with their energy. So I can really tap in further. I've been like, yeah, you, you're struggling with money now, but as soon as January, February comes, you're about to make big money. And then they've hit me up and been like, yeah, I got these deals, I'm about to make this, about to do that. And so like, you can see those things happening for sure. But it's funny because even with those, like that client in particular, he was doubting everything in the last few months. So when it happened, he was like, whoa, like, you're right, you're right, you're right. But it didn't stop that doubt. You know, it didn't stop that like, part of him that was like, is it going to change? Am I going to get there? So even if we do know our future, it's kind of like, we're still going to be in that energy of, yeah, is it going to happen for us? <laughs> still, like the waiting, still. right? Like you're there mm-hmm. waiting, you know, something's coming and it's like, all right, when's it going to happen? And if it doesn't right. happen today, it's like, is it really going to happen? Yeah. Right. The human. Yeah. Do you think that there's a down, like other than that part of it, is there a downside to using astrology to kind of predict and know what's coming? Yeah, I think um, I think that the downside is more of us just being human, like our nature of wanting to know things, our nature of wanting. I can even say like there could be a downside for Leos more than like somebody else, because the nature of that archetype is going to want to create their life and say like, OK, this is exactly what I want. This is exactly when I want it. So when it doesn't happen, there is a great disappointment. Right. So like. <laughs> At the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, you you just have to have the openness that once again, things are going to change, that things could go in different ways, that the universe still has the best intentions for you. And if you are like aligned with your intentions and then you can manifest something great, it just might not be in that same detailed way like for a Virgo, even like Virgos that might be into astrology, they'll get so into the details that if those details aren't coming, they can feel off, you know? So as an astrologer, like, I definitely look at the energy on a regular basis, but I don't look at, like, I don't, I kind of, like, barely look at my chart anymore. Unless there's something really going down, that's, like, my own rule of thumb. Then I'll go look at it, because I'll be like, all right, let me, let me see what's going on again. But for the most part, it's kind of already in my brain, too, so I'm not super fixated on me. I'm more fixated on the collective and, and other people. So there can be a downfall, but usually if there's that downfall, it's just kind of showing you what you need to work on as a person. It's just going to highlight something in you going back to that psychology aspect of it of, yeah, you might be a little worrisome. You might have a lot of fear you need to work on. So that the astrology might bring it up and you can either go, you know, down the vibrational scale or up the vibrational scale, depending on 
how you want to approach that individually. Well, so how do the eclipses impact all of this? Because I know like that's coming up or we're already in it. Like how, like how is that identified and how does that impact us? Yeah, so the eclipse is happening at the end of April, April 30th, right? And then we're going to go into an, uh, basically eclipse season. So we'll have another one in May. Um, and these eclipses in particular are happening where the North Node and South Node is right now. But eclipses in general, they they mark, because they happen every year, right? So they mark brand new cycles, usually six-month cycles that are like happening. So the lunar eclipse is always things that are ending and the solar is things that are beginning. So we're starting this year eclipse season with a solar eclipse. So this is showing us the potential, right? Because that's what it'll basically do. And just like, um, you know, the song like total eclipse of the heart, right? Like basically when something eclipses, it's, it's, it's gone, right? So around these times, we'll see things completely change, our mind completely change. Uh, something in our lives just end out of nowhere. And when you see that we're starting with the solar this year, it's great because we're going to we're going to get this glimpse of like, OK, this is all that's to come. This is actually what's beginning, even if we see things leave. So we have a little bit of hope. And then when the lunar cycle comes around next month, then we'll start to see the parts of ourselves or the things in our lives that are like ending completely so it's big chapter changes and those like even when you just look back in your life you can kind of just look at a year of your life and be like yeah that that was the year that this happened this happened this happened um and if you really go back and look at the astrology you might see that it's happening around these eclipse energies uh and then that's when you get more into the details of like what theme was taking place for you where's scorpio in your chart where's taurus in your chart how is this affecting you right now and in general, too, the eclipses are like such bigger fate energies, right, that we can't really control. So this is these are the times where things are just going to happen. They're like the tower moments in, in tarot where things literally just change in front of you. You don't really have a say of because they're kind of were set up already from the past, right? Due to your actions and the things that you decide to do, then when you get around this time, it's like, all right, you just kind of got to strap in and like go with the ride. <laughs> and you mentioned um, Taurus and Scorpio in terms of like when things are changing. Are those specific signs or were those just like examples of any zodiac sign and how it relates to change or new things going on? Well, this year in particular, it it's that's so Taurus is where the north node is and then the south node is in Scorpio right now. And the North Node and South Node stays in two particular signs for about 18 months. So we started this North Node cycle in January. So this is collectively what we're all kind of experiencing, like experiencing setting up a better foundation for ourselves, maybe a brand new foundation. Tour is very physical, uh, has a lot to do with family has a lot to do with our roots and where we want to grow to and then opposite of Taurus Scorpio which is our the things we hide some of our traumas some of our our pain and our programming from the past that is also wherever the south node is this is what is kind of taking a break a pause and is going to get redone because we in our chart too you have your own 
north node and south node but since we're all going through this right now collectively we're shifting into or growing into this energy of t more taurus like characteristics right more stability more grounding more peace um more quiet time in a lot of ways more nature so you can even see that around us with other people like what are they doing are they trying to like put down roots starting a family getting a house stuff like that and people are making those real material like decisions right now so now when you see the eclipses happening around this time especially because the north node has been here since january we could have we have been switching directions and shifting subtly or not so subtly <laughs> depending on who you are um, and around this tourist season that we're in right now and this eclipse, things are just going to get more illuminated of like, why are we going in this direction? Uh, does this like we're going to see the bricks that we laid down be actually stable now and we'll feel good about these things and we'll see, OK, so I'm not doing this for no reason. Right. This is a great time to just understand the new direction that we've really been embarking on for ourselves, you know, however that works personally. My brain, like, I, I hear all of this stuff, and I'm like, whoa. You know, because how did we even get to the point where, like, we mapped out the stars and the planets and the nodes, like what you were saying? How do we have all that information just, like, readily there? Right, right. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. But in, so when every, where everything started in Africa, right, where, with African spirituality, they were... They were mapping out the stars. So we've had this for a very long time. I mean, all the pyramids are lined up perfectly with different constellations, right? Like Orion's belt and some of the bigger pyramids, they're aligned literally in perfect sacred geometric form. So we've, we've had it forever. Um, it's definitely... And of course, as we, we know now, there's people like Elon Musk trying to go to Mars and live in a different on a different planet, you know? So this has literally been around for so long. I think we're just waking up again to it, which it has been a conversation. We've learned NASA, we've learned our planets when we were children and they've had, you know, throughout the ages, there were certain, because of technology, we, we were able to see some of the planets that were further away from us, like Neptune. We didn't even know Neptune existed a, a while ago. Um, so with the advancements of technology, this has been happening in like the background for for so long. There's been books, there's been so much uh, science attached to it because astronomy really goes deep, right? And this is more, we're talking astronomy. So they have been always trying to figure out why are we here? That's that's always been like all of our, our pressing hot questions of like, well, why are we here? Why do we exist? What's going on? Why are we on this planet? Why is this planet like have actual life? And then the others that we see don't. So all of those questions have been being answered super slowly, but then not really, because like I said, when you go all the way back to Africa and African spirituality, they had these answers and they built the pyramids and they were living. They had a whole society based around it. They had words developed for it. Um, and they already had this written down literally on their walls, right? So it's been a graduation of who does this knowledge get passed along to and who does this knowledge get hidden from and all of that stuff that was going around on throughout the ages and then our human dilemmas, wars, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, yeah, we're here now and, and we're being opened up to it again, which I think is beautiful. And it does seem like so much, but we have been around for 
a, a long time. So we've had a lot of time to sit and ponder and, you know, come up with all this crazy, this crazy technology and whatever else that we've used to actually extract information from it too. Yeah. What do you feel is the purpose behind it? Like why have this system that we can follow and use to our benefit? So what do you mean though for like? For astrology, like what would be the reasoning behind that? Like, is it just to help um, like calm down the mind in terms of like answering our questions, mm-hmm. you know? Cause it seems like a loophole within the system, like within the design. Right. I don't, I, you know, this is a great question because I don't even think there's a purpose to astrology. I think our searching, like the curious cat has brought us to understanding it and trying to develop the language, but we don't even need to know, you know, we can just follow the North star. If we want to travel from one country to the next, right? A lot of the times the astrology and the stars are just used for travel alone, just to get from one place to the next. So you don't get lost. But even in that metaphor, it's like, so you don't get lost. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's beautiful because a lot of the point, at least in um, when you go deep into some of the spiritual understandings, Earth is considered this school of illusions, right? So we came here to put ourselves under a spell, so to speak, of not knowing who we are to find out who we are. So we discovered astrology and we decided to use it, but we can kind of forget about it if we want. So I don't even think it has a purpose. I think it's just there. And I think it's the operating system. Um, What I like to say too is the whole universe is a business. Like everything is, is a business. Everything is an exchange. Everything is Uh, using something as a resource is giving something out destroying itself building itself that's just what's happening it happens like literally in our atoms in our cells every day and as within so without so you can kind of look to the stars and see what's happening there too um and it it, it's us who truly does give the meaning and yeah so I, i feel like we've just we've searched for so much meaning and we found it and then once we find something that makes sense we don't want to let it go so you know this is how we do. <laughs> That's a beautiful answer because that like sparked something inside of me. I was like, yeah, of course it's there so that we don't get lost. Because, you know, if you believe that we come from the stars or we came from somewhere else and we're here to experience the human experience, we do need tools to help guide us. And that's just like such a great tool that's there. And it's like everything else that's there for us. It's just if we decide to use it or not. And that's how we can make it um make our human experience either more enjoyable or just get through like certain lessons a little bit more easier and and stuff like that. Um, And with the like daily horoscopes that people, cause you know, you can read a horoscope on like one place and it'll be different or you can come across like three or four horoscopes that are exactly the same. Do you have any like opinions on the horoscopes or like where, where the best source is to get a heart like daily horoscope? Yeah, so there's definitely all different apps and places and people. You know, there's people I follow, like um, there's this one Instagram that has like no Libra, no Aquarius, no Aries. You could just search it up for your sign and, and look at it, and they're usually pretty spot on. 
But in reality, it's whatever you resonate with, right? So let's say you really resonate with them. Because, like, there's so many of us that are astrologers. Not everyone's going to resonate with me and my words because we all have different energy and different ways of approaching things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because we're all saying the same exact thing, just like all the horoscopes are trying to say the same thing in someone else's perspective and there are billions of perspectives and they all matter and they're truly all connected so when you find something like i'll tell people you know when they ask like what's an angel number or what's this or what's that it's like google it google it and truly find what feels right to you once it feels right to you in your body and we all know that feeling uh, there's like no mistaking it who's to say that it's right or wrong because this is your internal unseen language that you're connecting to you're connecting with yourself so you know a lot of the times too i'll say that our future self is our higher self so we're like leaving that that breadcrumb of trails like that trail of breadcrumbs for ourselves from the future or, or from wherever of us once again just trying to figure it all out so it's whoever you really resonate with um I definitely like there was an app and I can't remember the app that I used to go on to look at my horoscope every day. But of course, there's millions. You go on the app store, you type in horoscope, you're going to find so many. So it's mm -hmm. literally whatever catches your eye. That's how you know what, what resonates to you, because not everything is going to catch everyone's eye, too. Right. You might like a particular aesthetic and you think it's superficial. But then when you start getting the horoscope, you're like, oh, shit, there's something here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And what are your thoughts on on co-stars? Funny that you mentioned it because we had we were just talking about it before logging on. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I use um, that's like a form of daily horoscope. Like they have like a little message for you every day. Um, but I know you said you're not a fan. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah. So co-star, they use a particular system that might not always be, and they don't really tell you right, and you can't change the system there. So. It might be a little off to uh, like if you go on astro.com and just look at your astrology there. Now, what I do like is they break it down for you. But and I also heard back in the day, like when CoStar first like became really popular, too, they were like like people were getting on them for sending out like really harsh messages and stuff like that. Right. So I don't since I don't use it now I don't really know particularly like what's happening on there now but because of that system they use sometimes you'll see that the rising sign is off or like the and they don't give you all of the planets either so they they zone it into a particular few which is great it's a great starter but the best way to double check too is to then go on like astro.com super easy you sign up you, t you type in it's all free you type in your your information there um, and then you'll see what house system there is because they're, like I said, layers. There's so many house systems. So to to look at that and then um, be dead on about it, it might be a little off. But once again, if you're reson if you resonate with it for a reason, I think it's 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 been a real gateway opener for the conversation in general of astrology, which I think is great. So not completely hating on CoStar, but just I would rather Astro.com. I would rather like all the other options that are out there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I like when I first discovered it, it was just like a popular like app that was going around. So it makes sense because it was more it's more mainstream. Um, and I always find that things that are more mainstream usually have like their own little um, like shadows to them. You know, they're, they're mainstream for a reason. Right. The the day. But it's good that it started somehow to get like awareness yeah. out there, because I always say like regardless of what the platform is, that's getting the 
the more people like online, the better it is for all of us. Right. Agreed. Yeah. And even like if some things get tainted while going mainstream, it's still opening up that curiosity. Like, yeah. That door. It leads it leads you to like the next place and then you just continue growing your knowledge from there. Right. Right. Um, and in terms of what you were saying about like the angel numbers, like that you'll tell somebody, you know, look it up and see what resonates most. Um, when it comes to astrology and let's say like connecting to the energy of the stars and the planets, do you think that um, like, is it possible that we channel that energy ourselves without using any sort of tools or looking it up like online or in a book? Yeah, 100 percent, because I never really read a lot of even when I got to, to tarot. Right. I never did my classic. I never took cla- um, classes for tarot. I never really learned from anyone in particular. I, you know, kind of binge watch a little bit of the, you know, Libra, this is your monthly, this is your whatever. And I would see the interpretations that people would give it. And then when you really look at it, even with astrology too, right, you understand the the basis of the archetype, but you can really tap into so many different sides of what it means to be a Taurus, right? Or what it means to be an Aries. And once you start to really go with your gut, which is the, which is really channeling, when you go with your gut and you follow that trail, that flow, you start to, to really unlock different understandings for yourself. You don't need to read a book. And that's why it's because some people are just called, right? So some people are just going to, are really good at channeling. Some people are, are great with symbolism. They can see certain things and, and spark a million different stories from it. And who none of those stories are really wrong. They're coming for a reason. It's just how do we trust ourselves to interpret? How do we keep the channel going? And we do it all the time, especially as women. We channel like every day, you know? When we're in a relationship, we just get those feelings of like, what's going on? What's this? What's that? And if we truly listen to ourselves, we're going to encounter some truths. We're going to see like the actual proof of what we're what we're feeling and what we're picking up on. So it's the same with astrology because astrology is archetypal and life is archetypal. The most ancient civilization is archetypal. You know, when we talk about the sun, the sun has its own archetypes. The moon has its own archetypes. Just learning about just looking at the moon. And just thinking about fire, water, air, you can think about the differences between fire and water and realize, oh, yeah, so all the fire signs are like this. But that's all just straight contemplation. So you don't need to read because it's right in front of our face. You can light a match and just look at fire and be like, hmm, and just think about it of like, what is fire? Where does it come from? What does it do? It burns people like, you know, it needs it needs energy to spark it. And it needs something to burn. All of these like obvious things in nature is what really shows us like what we're basing all of these archetypes on because it's all in nature. So that's the beauty of it, too, because you can literally just spend time looking at the sky and start to understand the differences of the planets and then bring it to the astrology. You learn a little bit of it. You read one basic description and then let your mind wander. Like that's the most beautiful part of it, too. Wow, the art of it. Mm-hmm. It's so magical. It's yeah, like we yeah. all have the answers within, like if we allow ourselves to connect mm-hmm. to everything that yeah. is around us, that we yeah. ultimately are. It's really like magnificent. And trusting, yeah. you know, because there have been times that like, um, 
like if I don't look at my daily horoscope anymore, I stopped like years ago, but I would be like feeling something and then I would look at the horoscope and it would correlate to like either what was happening and I'd be super spooked out. I'm like, holy cow, how's right. it happening? So it, it's pretty cool. It's a cool practice, I feel like, to get back into and like develop that connection just mm-hmm. to have like a smoother life, I feel. Yeah, and it helps build like um, the trust within the self, like if you're using it as like an affirming tool instead of like a tool to like seek out, like mm-hmm. without instead of within. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool because it helps like magnify and um, bring forward the more regular practice of living more intuitive and trusting your gut. I really like what you said about how like following your gut is really just channeling or um, like what you receive in your gut is like really channeling. Forgot mm-hmm. the exact verbiage, but um, I really resonate with that. Um, and just to go back to the technicalities of the birth chart, could you um, give like a brief explanation on the different houses um like if you have one sign in a certain house like how the houses differ in terms of how that sign is expressed right so the houses are different areas of your life right like the first house is your identity it's the i am even without knowing your rising sign which colors it a different way gives you that extra layer if you know the base signs 1 through 12 aries through pisces you can understand what each house is about for example then you go to the fourth house which is about the family it's about the home versus the 10th house which is about career it's about like your public image right so each different area shows you like all right seventh house relationships but also what's the seventh sign libra libra is is the sign of partnerships so you can see how the seventh house now has those libra characteristics just like the first house has the aries characteristics which aries is opposite of libra but it's about who you are right and even on top of that um there's like an age system with aries through pisces aries being like the the born child right just come into the world so it experiences life like that now in that first house it's all about you it's selfish but the second house now is about your values the things that you your possessions the things that you actually have the things that you give value to third house communication right or in your neighborhood community fourth house home Fifth house is all about your expression, right? Your passion. Sixth house is about your day-to-day, right? Like what you actually do every single day of your life or your job, which is Virgo energy, right? Seventh house, again, relationships. Eighth house, the things you keep to yourself. You get your real private, like hidden secrets, um, intimacy, other people's money, other people's energy. Uh, ninth house is about like long distance trips, um, higher education. So you can look to that house for things like ooh, college. Now, if you have like, for example, a sun sign in that house, then you can see that someone is really good at teaching or someone has a natural uh, want or need to be a student in life and go through a lot of education versus someone who doesn't have anything there maybe they have some bad aspects to the ninth house and then you're like oh yeah it's gonna be hard for you you might drop out you don't want to be in school right so you'll kind of see that um 10th house again is career 11th house is your friends is your like the collective energy around you so networks or networking and then 12th house which is the last house is the subconscious energy your subconscious your your dreams things that are hidden to you things that you you need some extra help to understand. 
Um, and then, for example, for that house too, let's say you have like Venus in the 12th house or you have planets in the 12th house. You might, those parts of yourself might be really hard to understand because it's in like your blind spot is what I call the 12th house, right? So you, depending on what is in these houses, you're going to see the extra flavor, the extra coloring, the extra, what are we talking about now? And especially then with the signs and how they change, because a Gemini ninth house is going to be very different than a Pisces ninth house. You know, a Pisces ninth house is going to be more interested in teaching or learning about love versus the Gemini ninth house that wants to learn about everything, but not go deep, right? Not really be a master. They want to just pick up on all the facts. They might be like one of those people with a million different things, like starting talking points, but then like they never really go deep with it, right? So you can see how when you have a different rising sign, how it changes the houses, the planets, they, they come with that same theme originally but now they have a different way of expressing itself on top of that it expresses itself even more with the planets that are actually in there not just the sign you know and then once again layers is it's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah that was a good explanation though i followed it it brought like a sense of like, understanding to the image because i've done it in the past and i have no idea what i'm looking at um, so it doesn't really have value to me. So right. the, that basis gives like that inclination, like I can kind of make sense of it on my own mm -hmm. um, and then like begin my journey there or like anyone who's curious, but like doesn't really know what they're looking at. Yeah. You know? And along with the 12 houses, because I know like there's a few other points to the chart, like you have um, Chiron, I believe, like there you see Chiron there and like a few other things. Um, can you elaborate on what those are? Yeah, so like Chiron is an asteroid that we follow, right? We also follow asteroids like Lilith. I mean, there are thousands and thousands <laughs> of asteroids, right? And there's people, astrologers, who literally are just so good at asteroids. Asteroids are like the little character traits in your chart where the planets are bigger energies. These are like your bigger set ways. But then the asteroids are like, Okay, then you have uh, like Chiron, for example, which is one that a lot of people talk about. It's very popular because it's called the Wounded Healer. It has a lot to do with the wound in us that is also one of our biggest strengths. And, you know, some of us, well, we all have a certain area or thing in life that just brings pain or sadness, right? And it's a part of our life, which is normal. Nothing wrong with it. You can't necessarily get that out of your life. You just learn it and you learn how to use it as a strength. That's what Chiron really represents. So depending on where it is, you're going to identify, like once again, it goes into those different houses. It could be in your house of career. You might always be seeking a career or seeking recognition seeking a pub public image but then you have Chiron there and it's like every time you get it you could get exposed for something or you can get shot down or not the recognition you're looking for so to understand that you have that wound there means okay now I know like what to expect with that right and then once again you have so many other some of the more popular ones are Lilith, Juno, Lilith is well, Adam's first wife, right? So Lilith is the original. Uh, well, I don't even know if I can curse on here, but um, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Live your best life. Bitch, she's the original. <laughs> 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 like that's what Lilith is. She was the one who 
was not going to take any shit um, and wasn't subservient, right? So we all have that, like, part of ourself, especially for women, too, where Lilith gets talked about a lot, which is, like, the part of us that is more rebellious, that doesn't want to follow in between the lines. And we see that get expressed a lot in our chart in a different area. And then you got Juno, who's more of, like, the wife archetype, right? So you can see naturally where like the energy of that wife would be in you and the energy of that like rebellious side that triggered side will come out just by looking at those asteroids um and yeah in astro.com is why i love it is like you can they have a whole list of all the asteroids you can just plug it in and then you can see what you want to see and you don't really have to pay attention to the asteroids either but they've just been getting more popular too which is cool Got it. It's like, and again, I'm trying to understand it all, but. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm following, but I'm digesting as well. (laughs) Yeah, not digesting. (laughs) Because it's like, it makes me curious. Like, I want to go and do the research so I can have a better understanding just to keep, like, peeling layers of myself. I feel like that's, like, the key Mm -hmm. to just keep understanding and understanding myself more. Right. And I saw in one of your offerings, uh, I believe in the one, like the reading, I forgot the, what you, um, what your name is for it. Um, but you incorporate the gene keys. Could you, I've heard of it briefly, um, recently, actually, maybe like within the last month or so. Um, and I know it has something to do with astrology and I believe like a science aspect or something like that. I'm not too sure. But you, could you, um, like, explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So now talking about those layers, there have <laughs> been people throughout the years to who have, like, developed their own systems, right? They, like, one is called human design. So human design was after, like, it came before Gene Keys. Then you have the I Ching, but the I Ching is from China, and it's been around for a very long time, right? So you can research the I Ching. There's books on that. It, it doesn't have to do with astrology, but it can be related. When you see the actual relation, you're like, oh, okay, it is related, but they weren't following astrology to come up with it. Um, and then the Gene Keys is a blend of human design, the I Ching, astrology, and Richard Rudd, which is the man who came up with the Gene Keys, his interpretations and his channel messages of, and his own way of mapping it out. Like he came up with his own way to map it out. And that's the beauty of astrology too, because everyone's going to see different patterns. We are designed to see patterns in the world. So when we look at the chart, you can find your own system, like your own way of interpreting certain things. Like I know somebody, the divine Venus, she's been around too. She came up with her own system. It's called the Rose Line. And it's really, really dope because it's 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 categorizing people in her own way, developed in her own way, but only from her perspective of what she sees. So the Gene Keys are really cool though because there's a lot of them, right? And it also... It maps it out and let's say you don't want to get into astrology, right? If you just look at the gene keys, you're kind of downloading that astrological knowledge without needing to know, oh, I have this in this house. I have this in here. You can you can instead be like, oh, my life path is this number in the gene key, right? And you have a whole, there's like a book with each explanation I actually have it <laughs> and it's it goes super in depth and unlocks a lot of different things for you to contemplate on because the one thing that Richard Rudd tries to push with 
the gene keys is that everything comes through contemplation. So the gene keys are there. It's defined with three key words, a shadow, a city, um, and I forgot the middle one right now, but there's three keywords. And in those keywords, you can like just sit there and think about that word and see what comes to you and see how it, like what it triggers in your brain. Because we are, you know, we're so used to our words, the semantics of life. So it, just looking up the words, right? Like one of my my purpose in the Gene Keys has psychosis attached to it as the shadow and then veneration which I didn't even know what that word meant until I looked up the gene keys so I was like veneration psychosis that's scary <laughs> like what <laughs> but then when I really like learned about it I was like oh yeah okay I got a shadow of psychosis I get it <laughs> like how can I not be involved in all of this and then veneration had to do with like like saints and that opposite of you know, people with, for example, uh, what's it called, like schizophrenia, right, m- could potentially be tapped into this whole world of things that we just aren't tapped into. And low key, it's kind of, uh, it's very archetypal, just like the the saint energy and the religious energy. So just learning that for me had opened up a, a few different things that astrology wasn't really going to do for me. Maybe, maybe, but once again, like this system of Gene Keys is just a focused understanding of his perspective, literally Richard Rudd's perspective of what he has encountered, what he has found and what what he's channeled in his life. And it's pretty cool because it's like we all can develop our own system like that. Now, if you I will say this, though, right? Like it's a lot to take in human design, to take in Gene Keys, to take in all of it at one time. Like it's it's a lot. And you don't got to do it all, but whatever you resonate with, because human design, for example, is genius in the way that it shows you how you operate in the world, right? So you have generators, you have projectors, you have manifesting generators. Once you just break down that part, that's the if anybody goes into human design, I would say just look at that. Just look at that. What's your authority? And um, yeah, what's your authority? <laughs> that's all you need to know. And what type are you? Because that will unlock certain things. Like there are so many generators in the world and our society is based off of the concept of generators that we're all supposed to be worker bees. We're supposed to, you know, hustle, um, use our energy 24 hours of the day, 24 seven. But a projector, for example, cannot do that. They will be drained. They will be miserable. They're not they're not supposed to operate like that. So to get the most out of your life, you could be pretending to be a generator or like you were taught to be one, but you shouldn't. Right. So like just looking at the authority of human design, like solves some things. Now, once again, it develops this. It opens these new uh, pass for yourself to trust like okay if I don't operate like the rest of the world does do I trust myself enough to to actually go down this path and operate as my energy is actually saying am I really gonna like manifest what I want and all of this energy really pushes you to do that so they're like gentle pushes that once you resonate with it you know you just you go down and take it slow take it in like bite-sized chunks and you don't have to binge, you know, unless your chart is just there for it and designed for it. You're going to know because you're going to want to. But not everybody's going to binge it. <laughs> yeah. And did you Um, because I know you said that, like, growing up, you didn't have that much like spiritual teachers around you when you like stepped into this 
um, line of work and like using whatever like resonates most with you. Did you find any challenges? Because what you just said about like, you know, like sometimes um, we're taught or we think we have to be one way, but that's not being true to our inner self when it can be like scary for somebody to step into their power, into their most authentic self because of like fear of um, judgment or fear of abandonment from those around them. Did you experience anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so talking about Chiron and then Ninth House, I have Chiron and Ninth House. And so my wound was always around education. I loved education. I have a very intellectual brain. But when I went into college, I started getting like a pushback from like my professors and stuff. Um, when I was in community college, I had a really good uh, resonation with certain of my professors that really were like, hey, yeah, you're doing really good. And they pushed me to go to Hunter. Then when I got there, I got to that higher level, the ninth house, higher education. Um, I remember writing an article about time and how we don't really know what time is. And because I was in a class that was supposedly a free writing class that wasn't going to get graded. All of a sudden, this professor starts to grade and she writes to me like, oh, haven't we figured this out already? And she's like, oh, come see me after class or whatever. And I was getting like that. Yeah, I was getting like re- and this is before I knew about astrology. So and it really it really hurt me because it was like I I like I know my ideas are not crazy. And, no. even, you know, it's not that crazy. So and and this is a free riding class. Like how this how you gonna disrespect me like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and I always get, have gotten just bored with the same monotonous thing that we're learning so I've always wanted to push the envelope and I remember getting dismissed from Hunter eventually and then I never went back so when I looked at my astrology and saw that I had Chiron in the ninth house I was like oh wow I am not the problem <laughs> like I really understood that it's okay like I am gonna get that pushback from people like I've had when I was younger I had wrote like the half of this book that I was trying to I was kind of channeling at the time which I didn't never picked up and finished well maybe one day I will but that's another story right that's maybe my wound too but either way (laughs) like I remember even like my sisters behind my back being like oh what does she know about blah 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 and what does she know about that because I'm so young and whatever the case may be right so it was really it was really hurtful at one time because it was like what so I'm not smart so I don't have my own original ideas so I can't like just be myself in this world especially when it came to brainy things and like being an intellectual, which is really in me what I valued the most, but also was the most insecure about in certain ways because it just didn't fit in. Then once I really saw that and once I saw that I had a north node in the second house, which in Capricorn, which showed me like I'm here to do business, not use a degree to kind of like get what the most out of this world. It was scary to like start my own business and it was super scary to just rely on like not forming a normal career. Um, And I had a lot of, for at least the first half of my 20s, a lot of insurity about around that, a lot of arguments with like my mom and my family of, you need to finish college, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I was just like, no. So I was called lazy a lot and I was far from lazy. It was just, I looked lazy when it come to what everybody else expected of me 
Um, and it was, it definitely caused a lot of tension. It caused a lot of like pushback, a lot of arguments, a lot of fights. It caused me to leave. I had to leave to like figure it out. And then later, astrology showed me like, oh no, this is all good. Now, even though it didn't make it easier per se, it did give me the confidence to be like, yeah, I can do this. Then once I started it and I started to see how much better feedback I would get, how much easier it was, I was like, yeah, why would I take this path of the most resistance versus this path that is actually just so much easier for me? And then I never really turned back. So even though my progress has been slow, like I'm going to be 31 this year, you know, so I haven't accomplish certain things that a lot of people I know have accomplished and that comparison is also super hard at least it was a few years ago but then after the pandemic it was like oh I'm in a position where I just made this super super easy for myself and now everybody else just got all of these accomplishments kind of robbed from them and then I started to feel like wow like you know life started really confirming through age and time what my astrology was saying and what I was learning myself and all the things that I had to go through so it became so much easier as time went on um yeah and there's you know everyone's timing is different that's the one of the best parts of astrology that it just opened up to everybody's timing is different and you can really kind of see your timing too with certain things and um, appreciate it because I got to experience so much before I did start working for myself instead of trying to push it at a at a young age and then like wasting all my time not really having fun I got to have that period of like yeah all right I'm just gonna have fun you know <laughs> and before I got to where I'm at right now so it's been it was yeah <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love it so much. <laughs> because it really speaks to like when you step into your truth and like you're um, you activate the light within you and you're willing to show up no matter what anybody around you has to say or think and forgetting all of the like timelines that are put upon us, you know, like what is what are these set accomplishments? They mean nothing because like you said, during the pandemic, look how many people's lives were changed so quickly based upon these set expectations and these set guidelines so it's like forget all of those they don't really matter just do what you feel true in your heart and then look at like you're living your best life what you're saying like you had your fun you're probably still having fun you know like (laughs) yeah and there's still so much more to come for you and like you said everybody's time is different so like to compare yourself um like there's no reason to do the comparing maybe in your charts like I'm sure there's reasons in the chart that can be explained but it's like no just be the best version of you at any time yeah and I love the liberation of like you had your fun like yeah there's no reason not to have fun and I feel like it's more accepted to not have fun Mm -hmm. and to not be having a good time and that's like yeah like you're doing it right yeah that doesn't (laughs) be miserable like go do a job you don't want to do yeah and it's so crazy how accepted that is and how not um easily or more commonly accepted to be having like a lighthearted time Mm -hmm. and like going at your own pace and figuring it out um, and I really liked when you were saying how um, the pushback that you were receiving before having gained this knowledge through astrology, um, it reminded me of times where we've had conversations and with myself of like, um, like, why is this happening? You know, like that question and when things don't go the way that we want them to go. 
Um, so it's cool to have the explanation um, to kind of affirm that like, oh, you're not crazy, you know, because mm-hmm. like, oh, am I bugging right now? You know, because yeah. I, I could see how that could have arised within me having experienced something like what you did with the paper that you wrote, where it's just like, you know, you're you're going along with what is being asked and yet still there's some sort of static that's being presented it's like it's there for a reason you know Mm -hmm. the lack of support like especially like if it's amongst like your family that -hmm. can really take a toll on somebody and then make somebody do something that they really don't want to do or their life purpose wasn't to do but because they want to impress their loved ones or like (laughs) society or whatever like you just fall into that like habitual patterns that yeah it's so funny, honestly. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny, too, because like what you were saying, how we can shorten the gap of like not knowing. Um, it just reminds me of like my own mm. career path and how I got to where I am now. Like once upon a time ago, I was going to strive to work for the FBI. <laughs> which wow, <is> okay. so <laughs> crazy <laughs> to think about now because <laughs> I could never picture myself one in a corporate job. Like, I can't picture, like, any aspect of that, but from, like, the journey that I've been on with myself throughout these past few years, um, I really have realized um, and was able to point, like, pinpoint where these aspirations even came from and realize that they weren't true to me. I was really just trying to fulfill an expectation, Mm -hmm. which was very false. So it's something really empowering and inspiring and activating to hear your process and how you arrive to where you are now, especially with the messages that you have to share with others and like now really being of service in a way that um, is true to you. So it's easy and it's most effective when you're doing what you're meant to be doing. Yeah, and meaningful for the collective, you know, like you're here um, providing guidance for people and like sharing these messages so that they can just continue forward on their life path, bettering the collective. Right. Um, and when you, because you mentioned that you do tarot readings, do you feel that the tarot readings, like I know that um, some people be- can become addicted to like tarot readings. They seek them like to know every move to make. Um what do you feel are the benefits of it? Like, what's a healthy balance when you go get a tarot reading? Yeah. You know, before you answer that, actually, because it was very similar to the question that I had in mind, because I feel like you can probably answer it, like, both together. Like, is there ever a bad time or not a good time to seek out further um, information via astrology or anything else like that? That can be, like, esoteric. Right. So like for me, the tarot journey was more because I was struggling with anxiety and it came from like my most toxic relationship where I was in that relationship um, and I had so much worry and so much anxiety that astrology made sense to what it was, but I needed something a little bit more. And I I mostly needed to confirm, right? Because I didn't trust myself once again. I didn't completely trust my intuition. So I I literally never picked up a deck thinking I would ever read for somebody else. But I got a deck. I started reading for myself and it started confirming things to the point of my anxiety started to slowly go away. Now, I put put in a little bit of extra effort as well. Um, There was things that I had to confront and things I had to deal with, especially in confirming certain things for myself, which was like, yeah, I got a problem here or yeah, I'm right or whatever the case may be. But 
it really just helped like me understand that like my feelings because I feel like tarot was such a feeling thing too right more than astrology is more math it's more like well this isn't what it is tarot is super super intuitive and interpretive so everybody is going to be drawn to different ways of doing that too um my my world at that time with my emotions was all over the place right so I was trying to basically organize my emotions and try to trying to understand myself and cut through the emotions so that I can truly align my logic and my intuition and my desire. Um, and yeah, like Tara really, really did help me with cutting so much anxiety. So I'll always tell people like, yeah, to get readings, it's great. Now to answer the other question too, like to get readings is great, but sometimes you have to just check within whatever way that works and when so when you're in like a heightened state of anxiety and you get a tarot reading it it shouldn't stop there now this is where after you get the reading after you're listening to those like five youtube videos or whatever the case may be that you journal that you actually meditate that you put it into practice without the practice of grounding what you're getting intuitively it will continuously be out of whack. It will continuously spiral you into whatever, you know, place you really don't want to be. So like even for my, my, when I take on clients, I don't do more than two readings a month. They could want it, but I'm not doing it, right? They could want to pay me um, infinite amount of money. And it's like, nah, we're not doing that because it's too much, right? Like I will actually recommend really for me, like one astrology reading, or tarot reading a month. Now, if you if, if there's something pressing going on, some emergency that's happened, then I can understand that, you know, you want to get a little extra clarity. You want to be rerouted back to yourself. That's perfectly fine because that's what these things really do do for you. But when you get rerouted back to yourself, you need to ground it. You need to write that reminder. You need to put it on your mirror. You need to wake up and see it every day. So then, you know, when you spiral a little, a little bit again, you can come back to that center place. You can come back to that point of like knowing, right? Even if in that moment you're like a little bit all over the place because the overabundance of it, the constant hours and hours and hours that dedicate to it, if that's all that you're doing, 100%, like everything in moderation, just like drugs, just like food, just like everything else we do, we can't do it as if we're addicted. So you have to really be real with yourself. Am I addicted to this? Or is this like helping me? Is it in doses? Put yourself, I mean, and, and it's it takes discipline, right? So that's where you get to practice that discipline for yourself because you got to know when you're overdoing something. And when you are, you have to pull yourself back because nobody else is really going to do it for you. Maybe, maybe somebody will be like, hey, you're, you're doing a little too much. And if, you know, you get triggered when someone says that, evaluate yourself because if someone's telling you you're you're doing a little too much you know of this although people have told me in the past be careful because you're going to go too far into all of this that's a different kind of approach right but if someone's really like hey like I think especially someone you trust and love and they're like you're you're relying on this too much or whatever, or whatever the case may be just and especially if you get triggered and then you know something's hitting 
something real. So whenever you get triggered in life, you, you definitely have to unpack it somehow and really give yourself the respect to unpack it and sit with that and explore it further. Because there's going to be times in your life where you need it way more, right? I used to, especially when I had that anxiety, I used to root for myself on the regular. I don't root for myself at all. Rarely, 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 rarely. Now I really just use it for other people it's more of uh you know people love the theatrics of it too there is an element of that right um you you get to see what i'm looking at so there's something about it that just opens people up as well but in reality i do not need tarot anymore for myself i already know and then when i really don't know i'll pull it out or if i want a confirmation but it's rare because i've already gotten over that anxiety so yeah, you know, like it worked for the purpose that it worked for. But yeah, everything in moderation, truly. That resonates a lot because I think like both of us, we've kind of experienced something very similar where like we will not pull a card unless like I don't the last time it was like dire. dire. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what was going on in the planets like now that we know that yeah like um, what was happening because it felt like such a major time and we were like no we have to go to the cars (laughs) um but like since then and that was like months ago Mm -hmm. um but like we don't do that and it really really resonates because it's like it's not um it's not like a crutch you know like again all the answers are within like as long as we trust our intuition and listen and check in with the self and do the things that you mentioned the practices like meditating journaling so much more unfolds without the theatrics of it right 100 percent mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i've been there so i know what that feels like you know like i think everybody does and that's what's so interesting because I have certain people that I'll only read for two times a year you know and they only come when they're like yeah okay like this is I haven't been here a while let me confirm one of the one of the rule of thumbs for me is to use it more for confirmation than for prediction because when you're trying to predict things there's usually an aspect of you lying to yourself I mean we have the ego we have that other side there's so many layers to this so why are we trying to predict right if we are on the right track we are on the right track but it's about finding the right track which is more just confirmation so when you check in with yourself first say this is how I feel this is what's going on and then you pull cards then you get the reading and you're like oh that aligns okay um, even if it's like aligning to something that isn't particularly going on, that's great. At least, you know, you're in the right place that mm-hmm. you're learning from it and that you're not like far off, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if you use like the knowledge from the astrology, like where the planets are, and, like certain things that you've expressed and like explain how one place could mean something in your life, you'll have a better grasp and a better understanding of really knowing why these things are going on. Like it's true, like when that was happening, I'm really curious at what the alignments in the stars were because it's like, it was so major. It had to have been something going on. And to think back to that time where we were referencing, um, March kept being such a predominant thing that kept coming forward. Like, okay, in March, like it's Mm -hmm. gonna be fine. and it's just so cool to see um, it unfold exactly so, even though, and it goes back to what you were saying, like, we may have this information available to us, but the human aspect of us, like, still won't be fully, um, like, believing in it and trusting in it because it's something that it's mentioning something that's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it really kind of uh, reconnects that, like brings that remembrance back that we know. And I really like the aspect of grounding it in through meditation and journaling because it's like opening up that portal connection that we have direct um, if we give the space to, which will then minimize the need for these outside tools um, that really are just there to just reroute us back to that truth, not to be right. used consistently. And yeah. if there's somebody who's um, wanting to begin like learning about astrology, what would your advice be? Like, what's the first step to take? Yeah. So the first step in my opinion would to be just look at your moon sign, your sun sign and your rising sign. That's all you got to do to begin. Right. Um, your rising sign is the the things that happen to you and who you are no matter what your sun sign is like your best self who you always aspire to be and your moon sign is your truest emotions your truest inner self sometimes a lot of times it's what we hide so once you kind of unlock those understandings of like what works for your moon how does your moon sign work how does emotions work for you because they work different for like different elements for air sign moons we need to talk about it. We need to be brainy. We need to talk it out for real. But a earth sign moon needs to like sit in a bath or outside quietly. And then answers just, you know, come to them. They'll just understand a water sign moon. They need to cry. They need to cry it out. Right. They need to really get into the water and express it to the more extreme. Same thing with fire. So you once you start to learn that how you operate emotionally, who you want to be and who you just are, then you can go as far as you want, right? Or you can just stop there because you'll unlock so many things just from that. Wow. So I was always under the impression that the rising sign was how we're perceived when people don't know us really well. So like, is that just like touching the layer of the rising sign? Because what you're saying uh, like is a little different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the rising sign in uh, when you go back, through like the original like first astrologers a lot of them will say your rising sign is the most important even more important than your sun right and it's because yes it's how people perceive it's the first it's the first like um clues that people get about you because you are showing your rising sign more than your moon sign although your moon sign is how you really feel right so if you're like a virgo moon but you're a libra rising you might come across as oh i love everybody but inside you're like judging everybody like yeah you look like this you look like this right so like but nobody knows that right so in reality that rising sign everything gets funneled through that everything um you're, you can find your planetary ruler your chart ruler from your rising signs ruling planet so it, the rising really maps out because for the most part this is our personality traits that go back to that first house, the I am. So I am my rising sign. I want to be my sun sign. I feel like my moon sign. But that rising sign is really who you are. So as a Sagittarius rising, I it makes sense for me because even though I'm a Libra, Aquarius moon, that that side of me that wants to expand my 
brain that wants to learn different areas of life, different cultures, go deep with it, go deep with others, teach people. That's all the Sagittarius part of me. And it's always been there, always, always been there. And now when you look at it, it's like, oh, okay. So the rising sign is is super important. And remember, that comes from the hour of the day you were born. So you can see, you know, if you're a sunset baby or you're born in the beginning of the day, how that also like changes our personality. A lot of our personality gets shown through that rising sign. Wow. I so learned cool. something yeah. new. Yeah. I was always like, oh, the rising is like, whatever. Like, if you know it, <laughs> you know it, you know. But I'm no expert, like, whatsoever on any of this. So that's really great to know because I'm going to look more into that now. Yeah. And depending on the day you were born, um, like, the time of day, like, where's the cutoff? Like, what makes it, like, um, certain signs for the morning or afternoon or night? Right. Well, it really has to do with when the sun sets and rises. So like the way, you know, because we kind of change our hour, like we'll cut the hour off to get more in the day, right? So it might change a little throughout the way that we experience or track time, but really has to do with when the sun rises is, is that beginning and then when the sun sets. So you'll see it graduate through all the signs. It'll continuously change every house through every single sign throughout the day. Um and then you can, like, even the sigil of a Libra, which is, like, the line with the little mm-hmm. hump over it, that's a sunset. That's actually is a sunset. So you'll see that Libra is more towards the sunset because it, it's the halfway point of the whole chart, right? Libra is what breaks up Aries to Libra is the first half of the chart, and then Libra through Pisces is the second half. So you're going more towards that nighttime energy after the sun, you know, dusk, basically, after Libra. Um, So I always think that's cool with the sigil of it it showing you that, like, little sunset. But a lot of people don't even realize, like, that's that's what it is. Yeah, I never knew. Because I'm a Libra sun, but I didn't even know what that... I always thought to myself, like, what does that symbol mean? But had no clue. And I asked because um, my rising, I believe, is Taurus, but I was born at nighttime, Mm -hmm. like, at 8.30 at night. So I was just trying to figure out, because I know earlier you said something about it being... um, like with the sunset and the sunrise. Right. So I'm trying to figure that out. Oh, so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so blown. I'm like, yeah. I've always identified with my sun sign. Like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> and I was like, is it really? I don't know. <laughs> Are you able to look at some? Well, you said like with um, your previous relationship or that relationship, you were able to know what they were in certain places. But can you like look at somebody and kind of know after a quick interaction, like, OK, this person is this and that? Yeah, I'll, I'll guess it. Sometimes, though, I'm not picking up on the sun sign. I'll be picking up on the rising sign. Right. Or I'll be picking up on the moon. It's like especially whatever I easy identify with more, I'll probably pick up on that more. So sometimes I get it right with the sun sign, sun sign but sometimes I don't, <laughs> you know, like I could just be picking up on something else, but definitely, and I'm always doing it. It's just like hard not to, with all of this in your head, like look at people, talk to them and be like, yeah, you got some Pisces energy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> could you tell that I was a Libra or... I could, I mean, you have the vibe of the Libra, you know, you're well-spoken as well, so I can see where that comes from. Yeah, right. Um, There's certain, like, energies that you're like, okay, I can see that. But I could have probably picked up on 
something else you know and then like when I'm really because like in this conversation too I'm focused on what I'm saying so I'm like yeah, right, yeah. let me get what I'm saying right but if I was sitting here like, <laughs> in our normal state I would just be observing y'all like yeah okay <laughs> I would be less talking would just be like hmm. I would be asking y'all questions really <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel that. And I feel like I can't know too much about this stuff because that's what I'll end up doing. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I feel like we do that. Yeah. So imagine if you had like the knowledge Even base. That, yeah. Okay. But I think it, it is. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's interesting because it's interesting with like, especially being a Libra, being about relationships with like any man that I encounter, I'm also very shameless with it. So I'll be like, yeah, what's your astrology? And that's always a hilarious conversation with me guessing <laughs> their signs. <laughs> I feel like that's a like that's a good tool to have to like weed them out, you know. <laughs> yeah, and right. not to waste any time. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure. Like, would you say like there's like even though there's the chart and like what our moon sign and rising is, like there is flexibility to it, and it's not like oh this person I'm not gonna get along with them because they're whatever whatever. Yeah, for sure. Like I actually don't like if I'm ever really interested in someone, I don't look at their astrology like that because I don't want to use it as a way because I think that's one of those downfalls of where we use it too much to go, oh, this is you're a Gemini. Mm, I don't want to be your friend. Well, when it's like, you know, that Gemini person could be sent to you to teach you something that you really needed to know. You can have a beautiful connection with somebody once again, according to the trends, it's changing right now more than you would in your past. So it's it's not it's it's changing so much. I wouldn't I don't I try not to really go by that to determining. I'll look at it and I'll even identify things that are like probably not that great, but I'll still give it a chance because if I have a connection, I have a connection. I'm going to give it a chance anyway. I've always been that type of person. And I advise people to do, do the same because not everyone is sent to us to be you know, our perfect soulmate or our perfect best friend. Like, uh, people are sent to us for so many different reasons. So we do got kind of got to be open to, like, well, yeah, this is just going to show me this part of myself where this is going to identify my trigger and my shadow that I need to work and heal on. That's so nice because it, like, um, keeps you kind of true to the human experience. Like, right. you're not using that as a tool to, like, to seek, like, to have more knowledge and use it. Like, you're still allowing yourself to be open to the experience yeah and when it comes to um soulmates um or like twin flames can they have different astro um, astrology signs or do you find that usually like they're similar yeah their well, connection yeah i'm gonna talk about that for another three hours but i'll try to <laughs> okay so when it comes to like yeah partnerships right or twin flames although I have a lot of different perspectives on that energy because that relationship that I got ushered into learning about astrology and, ident and identified all his signs that was what I thought was the twin flame energy in my life <laughs> so I had gotten into astrology through that as well um but yeah you're gonna find different signs it's more in the way that the signs interact with each other but what we think of when we think of soulmate which is more of a a relationship that we flow in that's a tr that we're attracted to that just works has like this ease element you can look at truly just the elements right so if you know the elements of your sun sign right like fire water air uh you know the elements of your moon sign is are those elements compatible with that person so it's more like compatibility versus not but a lot of the times 
you are going to be in a relationship with people that you still have friction with, right? And those that friction or those challenges or the areas that seem not compatible are kind of what keep people together too because they're constantly growing together versus when things just work and then you're like, oh, where, are we, where do we go next? And then you just kind of fizzles away because it's almost like too good or just there's no growth there. So yeah, you can, it's always going to change because you cannot be compatible with someone else's chart, but you can be married to them, have kids with them. You can be life partners with them for a long time. Um, and people will wonder why, you know, so it's not all about really like compatibility and what works. It's just how do you interact with that person? What, what needs to be unlocked and what needs to be worked on? And those things that you're working on with that person, like, a lot of the times we'll, we'll find a soulmate when we need we need a lot of support when we're going through like our own growth. But we need someone who's going to like just really be there to push us and love us and feed us with all all of that without being duality in our lives. You know, but then you, you find other people where there's there's often like a lot of duality, but doesn't mean that it won't last. You know. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it, it does. does. <laughs> it changes the way that I like I um like first thought about twin flames and soulmates because mm. like, when I asked you the question I was like hmm, I wonder if it has to be like the same you know but like no there are differences and that's how you grow and support each other through that right we like touched on that earlier because like I don't believe in twin flames so right. I have to like go in there you know <laughs> but another time or you can like <laughs> would you like to touch on it like what do you what are your thoughts yeah. on I'll, I'll give my ge- my general answer so like um all right <laughs> my, my general controversial answer so twin flames usually is a trauma bond relationship right so when we are when we kind of fall into the twin flame vortex and we get deep there it's usually because we have a shit ton of healing to do and we're encountering all that healing at once um because it also comes with certain quote unquote toxic you know the runner the chaser the 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 dynamics that in reality you you don't want to be in for most of your life you know there will come a time and then like the nature of twin flames is two people that are separate or come from the same soul that are halves of the same soul but whenever they try to align they usually don't right so there's always something pulling them apart so to think that the twin flame is the highest epitome of what we want it's it's not the highest epitome it's it's just a concept right it's a concept that we use once again in that tool book of like astrology and everything else to understand why we're all attracted to what we're attracted to but most of us come from deep unresolved issues with our parents issues with relationships not a good framework for what that really looks like because if you were to talk to any really healthy couple that has spent years and years together they would look at that concept and be like yeah you need to run from that like what <laughs> right like that that's that's not that great of a concept when you really think about it but we come from so much trauma that I really do believe that you have to get triggered in order to heal. So we we are attracted to it because most of us don't really know truly what love really looks like. I didn't. And that's why I did extend that relationship that I was in that felt very twin. Like I had all the characteristics, you know, but it's not the epitome of our relationships. Do I want to be with that person now? No. Do I want a relationship 
would that person now like uh, someone like him or like that no because i've healed a lot from it so i I have changed i died and was reborn with that whole concept so you know it's not even something that i believe in or not but when you really look at the concept that people are subscribing to it's real like that concept is real people are really doing it um, it wouldn't be so popular if people weren't doing it. But then when we look at how much trauma that the whole collective has gone through, we can see why we've, we've done it on a psychological-like point and then why we graduate from it, hopefully, and we we learn. And some people, their twin relationships last because they end up finding a way to grow together or those two people grow um, and and meet each other somewhere along the way, right? Which is great too, it happens. But then it's not really considered a twin flame relationship anymore because they've changed their whole dynamic of relating. So, you know, then that's even something else. So I think we get really caught up. It's that same trait of we can get so deep into one thing, overdo it, and then be like, yeah, if I don't have this, I have nothing, you know? Like, I'm not worth it. We're subscribing again to that collective, like, understanding of, oh, yeah, like, you have to find your twin flame and you have to be in this relationship. But all concepts can be broken. All rules can be broken. I highly believe that. So, you know, finding what works for you is so much more important than, like, going with the grain of the the labels, because it's still a label. At the end of the day, it's a label. Just like marriage is a label, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> Speak that truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you explained in a way that resonates a lot with me, because it's, I like you said, it's not that I don't believe in it or do believe in it. It's just that, like, the cheering on that that um, title receives, like, doesn't resonate with me, because I definitely say, like, in my past relationships, like, that's twin flame fire was very similar but it wasn't like beneficial it was um like it reminds me of like the relationship of like joker and like that harley quinn or whatever her Mm -hmm. name is like that like not really helpful for one another but like it continues like the chaos it like ignites more fire into each other's chaos and then like and that kind of is like where the room for like growth is like you know those triggers are there if you pursue the growth from it instead of like maintaining the toxicity right that's a great way of explaining it because it's like joker and harley quinn though like they love their toxicity they're gonna do that for the rest of their lives so maybe maybe they're meant to be but (laughs) (laughs) want to be there you know like yeah that's the question to ask (laughs) yeah it's like if you don't get over that twin flame in this lifetime maybe in the next lifetime you know like you'll progress who knows you know like everyone's timeline is different Mm -hmm. it goes back to that too And um, I would love to keep talking, but as we come to our closing, (laughs) um, can you tell us what being feels like for you? Being feels like, interesting. That's a good question. Um, How do I, how can I? So being to me feels like being, well, I don't want to use the word being and explain what being feels like, but (laughs) it feels like awareness. It feels like uh, sight, you know, like seeing and just experiencing, if that makes sense. Um, it's that, it's like being really is that, that now energy that I think is the goal, too, that we can experience. And that I, I definitely have my own moments where I am just being. <laughs> I am just here. Um, no expectations, too. That's really what like being feels like to me. No expectations, no, no goals, no needs. 
no real no real anything like pulling me out of where I am but just just here yeah I love that like the experiencing mm-hmm. the presence mm-hmm If there's um, one thing that you would like the audience and for us to take away from this entire exchange, what would it be? Um, I think it would be that just know that the exploration of the self is forever, right? And there is no like complete knowing of yourself. So that's why there is also no rush. Um, Take your time to get to know yourself. You're here for this lifetime and it's actually really fun to do it too so if it's not fun then you're doing it wrong it should be fun um it should bring joy to parts of your life uh and you know use that as a measurement of am I doing too much or am I doing too little and bring yourself to that place where you actually are enjoying the the being of just getting to know who you really are because it's it's truly a lifelong journey Yes, absolutely. And it reminds me of um, we usually joke around and say, like, if you're not laughing, you're too consumed. So that measurement of fun is great. It's mm-hmm. a really good like way to check in with the self. Like, am I having fun? If yes, keep going. If not, what can I adjust so that I can have fun? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. yeah. Well, Razzie, thank you so much for joining us today for this conscious conversation. You've enlightened us. You've blown my mind. You've inspired me to look further so that I can continue growing within. Yeah, you reignited a deeper curiosity of the things that I have pondered to really go deeper and to know that there's always so much more to explore. So many layers to everything. Um, I actually have one more question. Is there anything that you're currently working on um, that you'll be bringing forward as an offering or in any kind? Um, I, other than my soul coaching right now, I should be working on some webinars, like my finally bringing my teachings to the table with astrology and tarot, and they will eventually be available. Now I never hold myself to a strict deadline. So just stick around because <laughs> hopefully it's 2022. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Cause I was going to ask you earlier if you teach it. Cause I had that sense of like the teaching energy. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Have a blessed rest of your day. Yes, you too. Thanks. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening. Continue flowing in your own space by simply being. If this resonated with you and you feel called, please be sure to follow us, like, and share. Until next time, wherever you go, give yourself space space to to flow. (laughs) Like the astrology reading that we did have in Sedona, I wish that I like retained the information because it was just in momentarily like that I was fascinated by it and then I like let it go. So I want to look up, well, I have my chart, actually, the pictures we took, and I want to have a better understanding. Like, I'm so grateful that she explained what each house um, yeah. each house was, because now I have at least that baseline, and then I could keep researching from there. But I don't, like, I'm telling myself, I don't want to get, like, too into it mm-hmm. with my, like, obsessiveness, because I don't want that to be, um, like, a hindrance in my life. 
Yeah, but I really liked um, that she provided resources. Like, she provided, like, oh, okay, you can go here. Astro.com, the pattern app. Like, I, yeah, I took mental notes me of too. everything. <laughs> Believe me, I'm going to be downloading <laughs> and signing into all those sites. Yeah, because it's only, like, the benefit that it could provide. Yeah, the insights that it can give oneself to, like, why mm-hmm. and how and where and when you know about our life i really liked the conversation with her like i enjoyed it so much because um like the messages of like the self-empowerment was there it was really like you have the tools like she was very straight up as opposed to being like oh yeah like seek this reading like you know Mm -hmm. 10 times a week yeah like how some people do push it um and that that energy wasn't there it was really like about yeah like this is a tool available you can do your own research you can do this for yourself you know check in with the self and i really liked how forthcoming she was with the knowledge that she has and like being willing to um like really explain it to us and elaborate Mm -hmm. um just for the sake of education and for those who listen um and honestly from the whole experience like i was thinking to myself like if i do get a reading like i want to get one from her like, yeah right have I her lay me out you know <laughs> i was like let's talk after you yeah. tell me <laughs> <laughs> but it, like and then i thought i was like okay i just had the arizona one maybe like i want to do some more research first yeah. for myself um so that i can go into it with an understanding because you know like we can look up our own things and this is something that's coming to me right now. Like, we can look up our own things and see, like, what something might mean for us. But the perspective, mm-hmm. you know, like, if there's um, an underlying tone of the ego, the perspective might not be, like, fully transparent. And then if you hear it from somebody else, it can, like, ignite something else within you. Um, but it just shows, like, you really want to get these uh, interactions or exchanges from somebody who's not only, like, super knowledgeable and insightful but like when the energy matches yeah where the resonance is there and that's something that she touched on too about um i forgot what you had just said but she <laughs> what you just said she touched on it when you the resonance yeah yeah like what you hear <laughs> what you hear you hear for a reason like you yeah 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 you gravitate towards what's mm-hmm. for you yeah i really like that she always brought it back to like we are capable of doing these things like we have all this access to us like we have the internet you mm-hmm. know like we're in that era in our lives and i still can't believe that though like that you can go to a website because cafe astrology cafe or cafe astrology whatever that one is um i've been there and you can get your birth chart um it's so crazy to me that like the internet mm-hmm. which like isn't a physical thing but it's out there you can just plug in a few in, like information and then boom your life is like laid out in front of you yeah but it goes to show like we have so many tools available to us like it's not to say that there's no reason to uh like have um like no understanding or fear of loss but it's just to say that there's a lot of resources available out there to really help you bring clarity guidance support whenever we need it mm-hmm. i mean just like we came across um and Razzy, like it was through social media mm-hmm. um so it really goes to show like this is the time to really um like go after whatever it is and live your best life yeah because and again the resonance because as like when we came across her page and it was some time ago i feel Mm -hmm. um the resonance was there it's like you know the energy matches yeah and then it's so cool to see like 
just from coming across her on social media to then holding a conversation with her and what came up from the conversation because I feel there were tons of little messages like yeah, definitely. sprinkled throughout the whole conversation and activations yeah there were several times where I'm like is she like feeling into the vibe like is she speaking to me right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there was actually a moment where I had to bring myself back like consciously like repeated like back to back I had to like remind myself to be present because I kept having this vision of like her holding something um like in a wooded area by water and we were a part of it um so it's very interesting you know like it's like what's to come maybe exactly and that's what i wanted to tell her i was like until next time but you know <laughs> it I was, was like bye, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no because like it's i was trying time. to be mindful of the time and i didn't want to like i me too like i don't know what she has planned exactly um but like I said, like I don't, I could have kept talking to her because it was so interesting. Like there's so many things to dissect and discuss, just because of all the layers that are there. Yeah, I mean, this could be the first of more um, episodes that we have with her or interactions of any kind, like energetic exchanges, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting, like that you're saying you had a vision, like during it, because like I said, when she mentioned the teaching school, I was like, oh wow, because I kept having that feeling of her um, teaching. Yeah. So it's super cool. So it's, yeah, I wish I mentioned it, but I but it was so like not what we were talking about. Yeah. I would have completely went left. Like you know, I keep seeing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but who knows what would have? Yeah, but there was no time. Like you yeah. know, I mean, no, there is. <laughs> it's like there was no time there is time yeah but there was like things to discuss you yeah. know but it's like what's there to discuss whatever was meant to be discussed was yeah exactly at least for now um if you are listening we just want to mention if you check out our website flowspacewellness.com you can click on our affiliate link and see our different affiliates um, Greenfield Water Solution, they actually give you 10% off of your total purchase if you use code FLOWSPACE. Um, yes, and we have links to all of our affiliate websites, so if you go through there, that would be a great way to support us. We also have an affiliate with Global Healing, which is a great source of different um, health supplements and things of that nature, um, like vitamins. Um, they're all organic and vegan and high quality things for your natural lifestyle. You can get 10% off using Flowspace um, there as well. And our last affiliate is the original Himalayan Crystal Salt, which is where we began our water journey using their salt to make our soleil, which we speak on, I believe, in episode 27, the salt frequency with James Frame. Um, there you can also receive a discount of 15% using flow space but this discount is only available from April 3rd from April 13th to May 13th 2022 so if you're interested in that definitely be sure to um, check that out sooner than later bye peace